American News Radio Quiz Show. I think I know this. The only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio in the U.S. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo American News Radio, email today Indo American News at yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo American News Radio on Masala 98.7 FM every Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. with Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanjali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better every Saturday. Listen to Masala Radio, three to six p.m. Indo-American News. Hello, everybody. This is Indo-American News Unplugged, and we are glad that you joined us today. We have turned up the volume, but we've turned down the temperature outside just for you, especially <laughs> today. Yes. Hello, everyone out there in Radio Land. This is Indo-American News, and we are back with back with our unplugged session. But we are not going to have our quiz today. And no, yes. we're not going to have our quiz today. Yeah. You know why, Sanchali? Because it's cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we don't have any contestants. People need to call no, in. No, because we have a great speaker on our show today well, who well, will enlighten us with all his knowledge but and what information. We, what we've decided to do, folks, what Sanchali is pointing out to, is something that we've been talking about for the last two or three weeks. Essentially, we want to include a talk segment in our lineup in this unplugged uh, hour. So essentially, we'll do a quiz, then we'll do classically yours with Jyoti, and then we'll do a talk uh, segment. And I was thinking about what to call the talk segment, so I thought, why not call it, hey, what's up? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> hey, what's up? So you I know, I like it. I like it. So basically, you got to tell us what's up with you, and right. and 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 we'll uh, invite you in, and you get to talk about what's up. <laughs> right, and you can call in, and you can you can bellyache if you want, or you can make some good points, etc., etc. We're going to get you up to a really uh, roaring start today, but the number to call is two eight one two seven seven six eight seven four. And mind you, Sanjali, this was b- from. Great demand by a few people. Yes, they said, "You when are you going to do this talk thing?" And I, we said, well, "Well, we'll give it a shot. Let's see what happens." Yeah, many people have been requesting us for a while to have like a chat session, you know. Right. So that's where this idea came from because you all requested it, and we are, you know, here to oblige. So and we are very excited to have a very exciting speaker with us today. Right. By the way, once again, two eight one two seven seven six eight seven four. You can call in. The lines are open, and you can tell us what you think. And we we thought we'd start off with something very provo- provocative, right? Mm-hmm. And we have a speaker here, 
We have none, none other than Kapil Sharma with us. The Kapil Sharma. The Kapil Sharma. <laughs> no, not the Kapil Sharma, but Kapil Sharma. <laughs> but this Kapil Sharma can also tell some jokes. Yes, yes, yes. He, he has a great uh, sense of humor. Great sense of humor and, uh, and, and he's super fast delivery, which is really great. Kapil, welcome to the show. Thank yeah. you so much for... He, he participated in our quiz contest. Yeah, I still have the $25 gift card See? that you gave me. Oh, give, 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 give. <laughs> See, today is a cold day and we are going to go coffee after this. Okay, <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> you know, that, that the cold day situation reminds me. My mother, you, when I was a little kid, uh, she would tell people, like, we were living in Iran or living in, in Switzerland. And so she would try to teach them a little Hindi. And she said, just, they would say, uh, close the door. How do you say close the door? There was a cold day. Right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, th that's to open the door. I'm sorry. There was a cold day. And to close the door, it's, there was a banker. Didn't get it. There was a bunker. There was oh, a bunker. There was a bunker. Mm. There was a cold day. Yeah. So. Abhi samaj Abhi samaj Yeah, 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 yeah. Bengali bhasha the accent. Bengali bhasha. Okay, that's a good one. Good one. Good one. Anyway. Jawahar. So, we're happy to have. Kapil Sharma. And I'd like to introduce you all to Kapil Sharma. Uh, raised in Delhi, his curiosity for math and science led to an engineering career. Later, an MBA from Arizona State University got him into the business side of technology, transitioning into product management. He's fascinated by AI and explores its realms both professionally and personally. Beyond his tech career, a passion for continuous learning propels him into the realms of history, where he's captivated by the evolving narratives shaped by anthropology, DNA, linguistics, archaeology, and cutting-edge technologies. He feels that social platforms like X and YouTube have reduced the barriers to entry for dissemination of knowledge by and to the masses, and that's great for those with an unquenching thirst for knowledge. His recent interest in history delves into fresh perspectives on Indian history, prompting a deep exploration of culture and religion. He also uses his writing and marketing skills to contribute to local nonprofits, cultural and religious organizations like Sri Sitaram Foundation, that in addition to being a philanthropic organization also brings the community together via celebration of festivals and organizes one of the biggest and grandest Diwali Dashera festival in the US. And actually you were involved with the, the, the festival this past year. That was the first time you got involved with C uh, Sri Sitaram Foundation. Foundation. That is correct. I actually came to the Houston area a year prior to that. So that was oh. my first full year in Houston uh, at the time the festival was organized. So you're a newbie? Kind of. Okay. Well, I've been here two years now, so can't really use the new card anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I but I still keep it in my back pocket just in case. <laughs> well, well, welcome to our show, couple. We are very glad to have you back on our show. Thank you, and I'm excited to be here. And right, looking and forward to learning a lot from you today. And uh, Kapil has some really deep knowledge about a subject that is very controversial to some people. Was some, was controversial some years ago, and at this point, it's come to a conclusion, and that is the building of the Sri Ram Mandir in Ayodhya. And so, we wanted to know a little bit more about the history, about how this all came together, or and how it evolved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from five, six hundred years ago to now, and uh, you know, and we hope that people who are listening to us today 
We'll find it uh, also enlightening. So call us at 281-277-6874. That's the idea. This is, hey, WhatsApp. So wha- Not WhatsApp. What's up? <laughs> Come on. You fell for it big time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making sure that they're listening to us. Well, I am. <laughs> and I'm too. Okay. So, Ayodhya, it's, that's a topic that's been in the news a lot in the last two or three months. And rightfully so, because there was a big celebration, consecration of the, the temple just uh, last month. And But tell us, uh, how did it came come to this point where it was consecrated? Because there was such an uproar before. So I think Ayodhya is one topic which is, um, which is very complex in many ways. It's very, um, it has got a lot, lot of checkered history. Mm-hmm. And the problem with history has always been that history has always been written by people who were the victors. And so the other side of his history has not never really been unearthed in a way that it has been transparent and agreeable to everyone. Right. Um, so here is something that we know about uh, uh, the Ram Temple history. Uh, there was a Ram Temple um, in Ayodhya, uh, in the, which was kind of rebuilt in the 12th century. Mm-hmm. And it stood there for at least about 400 odd years before the Babri Masjid was built in 1528. And is there evidence or proof of that? Yes. So I think uh, uh, this is this is something that we have got some proofs in terms of uh, what we call the Shila Lake, which are the inscriptions on stone. Mm-hmm. So there are some Shila Lakes that talk about that. In addition to that, Archaeological Survey of India was instructed by both the Allahabad High Court uh, and I think Supreme Court too, to actually do um, uh, surveys mm-hmm. uh, in the area. So the first survey was conducted independent of the court case in 1977-78 by the then director of ASI, uh, Dr. B.B. Lal. And uh, he was actually working on a project. I think the title of the project was something like the archaeology of Ayodhya. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was not not political at all. It was not being carried out under the directions of uh, the the Supreme Court. And in fact, the uh, the outcomes of that survey were actually kept hidden for about eleven years till he started to get challenged by other archaeologists and historians. Mm-hmm. And that is that is the time, uh, roughly around uh, 1988, when the results of that exploration were published. Right. Well, l- hold on. Let me back up a minute. So this temple, the Hindu temple, was in this very same spot. And this is where the Babri Masjid was built. Correct. But how do we know, th- what was the significance of that one spot? I mean, case in point, like the, the, the what's it called? The, uh, the, the temple, uh, the dome temple in Jerusalem. They believe this is where, you know, Christ was uh, born, and well, that's in Bethlehem. But I mean, it's very sacred. But so, why not pick a spot two hundred meters away? So, um, you so follow what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, so there are a couple of couple of reasons for that. I think uh, the one thing is that in uh, in some of the Hindu scriptures, mm-hmm. the location of the temple has been very accurately described. Mm-hmm. Um, also because that particular location which is 2.77 acres plot is actually very close to the river Sariu mm-hmm. and so um, if you are able to triangulate the location of that particular location with respect to some other locations that you can describe it's very easy to 
understand what's the exact location in which the scriptures describe Lord Ram to be born in. Uh, a case in point here is um, a scripture called Skand Puran, mm -hmm. which was written in 8th to 9th century AD. So roughly about six to 700 years before the 1528, which is what we are talking about mm -hmm. here, right? Uh, in Skand Puran, book two, which is called the Vaishnava Khand, section eight, which is called the Ayodhya Mahatmya, chapter 10, mm -hmm. which talks about pilgrimage to Ayodhya. It men mentions in the shlokas 18 and 19, um, which says, Tasmat sthanat aishane Ram janma pravartate, janma sthanamidam proktam mokshadi fal sadhanam, vigneshwara purva bhage, Vasishta Dure Tatha Lomash Pashime Bhage Janmasthanam Tata Smritam. It's uh, basically when uh, Lord Ram is coming back to Ayodhya, he describes where he was born. And the translation of it is to the northeast of that spot is the place of the birth of Rama, the holy spot of the birth. It is said the means of achieving salvation. It said that the birth of birth, the place of birth is situated to the east of Vigneshwara, to the north of Vashishta and to the west of Lumasa. Okay, okay, I, I, I hear you and, and, and I understand this, but still that would mean that the spot where the temple was built was once a, uh, there was probably once a palace there. Yes. Yes. It was so, the kingdom of Ayodhya. Right, so were there uh, archaeological digs that showed the palace was there? It's actually very interesting that you mentioned that because when the ASI conducted additional surveys in 2003, on the instruction of the Allahabad High Court, they actually conducted what is called the trench uh, digging. Mm -hmm. So they would essentially take a five by five meter right. area and they'll start digging in and they will go really deep down those trenches. And it's like take a multi-layered cake mm -hmm. and you start digging into right, the cake yeah. from the top. So what you're able to do is see the different layers that the cake has and study these each layers and artifacts that you find in those layers one by one. And there were a couple of things that they were able to establish. The one thing they were able to establish was that this place had a history that actually went back to the second millennia BC. Really? Uh, yeah. So that's about 1700 BC. So that's one thing they were able to establish. They were able to establish that the place had continuous habitation since 1700 BC. The initial habitation was uh, residential ha ha habitation where people actually lived. Like Mohenjo-Daro. Like Mohenjo-Daro. And after a while, they were able to establish that the nature of that habitation changed to a religious habitation because they were able to establish the religious artifacts that were extracted out of those, those places. Mm -hmm. So if you really look at the report that was submitted by the ASI, and ASI was under order, orders not to interpret the findings, they were only asked to submit the findings. And mm -hmm. there's a difference because interpretation means storytelling based on what you see, whereas if you deal only with facts, then you basically say, this is what I found. This is what the age of that artifact is. This belongs to this civilization. And this is the nature of those artifacts and so on and so forth. So right. it established a couple of things. Number one, there was a residential place about 27, um, 1700 BC. And it then changed its nature into a religious um, um, nature for at least a millennia or more before Right. Uh, that's, we're going to carry on this conversation uh, after yeah. our commercial break. We're going to be going to a commercial break very shortly, folks. And if you just tuned in or if you're wondering what we're doing, 
because you don't have the quiz contest and you don't have Jyoti, it's because you have me and Sanchali talking to Kapil Sharma, not the Kapil Sharma, but Kapil Sharma, about the Ayodhya Temple uh, situation and a little historical background. This is the talk version of our show that so many of you have asked us to do. So since you asked us to do it, you better call in because otherwise we ain't going to do this. Right, right. It's 281-277-6874. And I have two questions which I'll ask before the break and you can think about it. One, don't, do we have time? No. Oh, okay. All right. So oh. I will ask those two questions after our commercial break. <laughs> All right. I'll get the call. A new way to share your views with Jawahar Sanchali and Pramod. I love you, Papa, because you are always there for me. When I cry, you make me laugh. When I fall, you pick me up. When I'm all alone, you're my best friend. When I won the spelling bee, you clap the loudest. You want to always be there for your children. But we all know there are no guarantees in life. And too many Americans today are not prepared for the unexpected with adequate life insurance. I, Ina Patel, would like to help you secure your family's financial future. I'm a trained professional who can help you identify your financial needs and determine which insurance and financial products can best help you meet your objectives. Contact me now to learn more about life insurance, long-term care insurance, retirement income, and various other insurance options. Call me for a complimentary consultation, 713-591-4130. Ina Patel, agent with New York Life Insurance Company. Be good at life. वो ना मेरे दिल पे राज करती है अच्छा कैसी है वो वो तीखी भी है और मीठी भी किसकी बात कर रहे हो ऑनेस्ट रेस्टोरेंट के राज कचोरी की और किसकी आए हाय तो चलो चलते हैं ऑनेस्ट और ट्राई करते हैं राज कचोरी चलो चलो धार्मिक एंड भूमि ऑफ ऑनेस्ट इनवाइट्स एवरीवन टू ट्राई राज कचोरी एंड लॉट्स ऑफ अदर डिलीशियस चाट आइटम्स ऑनेस्ट ऑन हिलक्रॉफ्ट नाउ ओपन्स एट 11:00 ऑनेस्ट इज ऑसम बुरा न मानो होली है डीजे भी है ढोली है रंगों से भरी झोली है मस्ती खोर मसालेदार मसाला रेडियो की टोली है नाश्तों से भरी प्लेट खोली है त्योहारों को बनाए खास दीप फूड्स की मिठास खाओ तो जानो मसाला स्टाइल ह्यूस्टन होली के प्राउड स्पॉन्सर दीप फूड्स की तरफ से आप सभी को होली की ढेर सारी शुभकामनाएं हैप्पी होली होली के रंग दीप फूड्स के संग Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, oh, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanjali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better every Saturday. Listen to Masala Radio, three to six p.m. Indo-American News. Welcome back, folks. This is Indo-American News Unplugged, and we're talking with Kapil Sharma about the uh, the the new temple in Ayodhya and the history behind it uh, and how it came about that we actually 
uh, have it built now. So many people persisted in, in this. So he was giving us some historical background, and a couple of you have called in. Yeah, and we've generated some interest in our listeners. So the first listener, Mr. Mohan, he was asking that, you know, there are several mosques that have been built where temples used to exist, <laughs> and why this big hoopla about Ayodhya when none of those mosques have you know been rebuilt so i mm -hmm. I, I just told him yeah that's a supreme court decision and they will have to take the decision well, couple, so, couple and he's like while i'm alive it probably won't happen and uh, the second caller i think talked to a uh, couple directly and i didn't catch his name i'm sorry what what did he have to say a couple uh, so the second uh, caller had a question about uh, the actual results of the asi survey which i think i will definitely yes, talk about yes in fact in that was one of my questions more details and my other and he also talked about a particular inscription that was found in brahmi lipi and what the translation of that uh, inscription right, was about so right. i'll talk about yeah, that yeah so those uh, one of one of the questions was you know when the facts were submitted data was submitted how did they get extrapolated which is kind of you will be talking about and the second question was you talked about the uh, the the triangulation yeah the areas the do those places still exist like vashishta and vigneshwara and yes those are the places that still are, are still still, still are there really okay so, so carry on with, yeah carry Tell on us. Yeah, so let me let me try. By the way, folks, if you want to call in, you're interested in the topic two eight one two seven seven six eight seven four is the call in number. Yeah, we'll go back and forth in multiple directions, but please feel free to bring me back to the topic that we want to discuss. Let's quickly go back to the first caller's question, which was about uh, you know there are sixty thousand temples that were allegedly broken and converted into uh, mosques. So what mm -hmm. happens to those temples? Mm -hmm. um, so I think I've I would like to talk about the role of the government and the politicians in all of this. I think unless you exclude the ASI survey of 2003, most of the proofs that were used by the Supreme Court even in their judgment were have been available to us for literally decades. Mm -hmm. I think the last survey uh, was conducted by uh, the ASI in 77. So essentially there have been no new proofs that have existed in the public domain since 77. So mm -hmm. in theory that, uh, uh, that Supreme Court decision could have come through in 78, uh, considering all the different proofs mm -hmm. that have been in public domain for literally uh, hundreds of years actually. Um, so, uh, in 1991, when the Ram Janbhumi issue caught a lot of fire and BJP was using it as a political tool to kind of create their own space in mm -hmm, the political, mm -hmm. political universe, uh, I think uh, the Congress government at the time, they brought in a, a law called the Places of Worship Act. Mm -hmm. And the idea behind Places of Worship Act was that, okay, we'll make this exception for Ram Mandir because we do not want to be seen as anti-Ram Mandir. But other than this Ram Mandir, we will essentially ban any conversation about any temple uh, or any mosque that was created by uh, destroying a temple. We will basically clamp down on any such conversation. Okay. So the Places of Worship Act essentially says that after 1947, there will be no conversation entertained about changing the character of any place of worship mm -hmm. except for the Ram Temple. Yeah, wow. right. So this was just to clamp down any such conversation sure, like Ram sure. happening all ever again. The the In their infinite wisdom, the politicians actually forgot to actually define what is the meaning of what is the meaning of the changing the nature of mm -hmm. um, the religious nature of a particular area. And uh, it's been now argued and argued successfully in the front of, in front of Supreme Court that uh, if there was ever a place of worship which was disputed, um, 
1947, that that means if you are now bringing a case against that particular uh, uh, place of worship, you are mm -hmm. not changing the nature of that uh, that location. So, for example, if Kashi was disputed in 47, mm -hmm. I can still continue to fight about Kashi. If Mathura was disputed in 47, I can still continue. But nothing after that can be disputed. But if it, if the fight wasn't happening, if the dispute wasn't happening, if there was never a court case um, in in progress in 47, then you cannot bring then forget something it, new. Basically. Yeah. Okay. So th there's a, there's what do they call this in legal terms? There's basically a statute of limitations exactly. of sorts. Yeah, it's a statute of limitations of sorts, and they drew an artificial line of 1947, saying if you did not. Uh, argue about dispute it at dispute that it point. Yeah. In yeah. 1947, it would not be disputed. Yeah. Out of luck. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next. Yeah. And callers. Uh. Yeah. So, by the way, callers, if you want to call in, 281 277 6874. This is Indo American News Radio, and we have our chat session, which is called Hey, what's up? <laughs> not WhatsApp. <laughs> what's up? What's up? And we are talking about the Ayodhya Ram Mandir, you know, consecration and the history behind it. Mm hmm. By the way, on that subject, I want to tell you that many years ago, uh, maybe about 10, 15 years ago, I, I was in, in Baroda visiting some people, and we went on the outskirts near the Nar Narbada Dam, and there was uh, we passed by a masjid. So me, being a shutterbug, I decided, well, I got to walk around. And they had this water tank. You know, you walk down all the way to the bottom, and you know, they collect the water and all that stuff. So I, I was taking all my pictures, and then while I was doing this, I came across so many relics in Hindi and and uh, 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 little uh, frescoes of Ganesh and Krishna and so on. It was all inside in, the, in this masjid, but it had been slapped over with cement or bricked over. So yeah, it, I've seen it firsthand. It, it's a very interesting topic that you bring up. Uh, I live in Delhi. Mm -hmm. I mean, my uh, Delhi is where I grew up. And uh, I grew up actually in South Delhi, very, very close to where the Qutub Minar is. Mm -hmm. And I can actually walk down to Qutub Minar if I really wanted to. Really? Yes. <laughs> and Qutub Minar, which is, uh, it has a mosque called Kuwat ul Islam Mosque. Mm -hmm. um, it's located within the Qutub Minar complex. It is believed to have been built using materials from demolished Hindu and Jain temples. Mm -hmm. Wow. The... Um, the actual complex is called the Kila Rai Pithoda. Uh -huh. Pithoda basically means uh, Pathar. Mm. Right. Right. So it's a Kila which was made of Pathar, and those Pathar. that Kila and the temples were destroyed, and their Pathar pillars and their used. artifacts were used to make the mm. uh, the mosque. And some people even claim, uh, for example, the Qutub Minar was mm -hmm. built using that. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting when you look at the history of that. The mosque's construction began in the late 12th century under the rule of Qutubdin Ebak who was the first sultan of Delhi. The whole complex is clearly a Hindu complex. You can see the images of Hindu gods. Mm -hmm. You can see lotus motifs. You can see coconuts. You can see leaves. You can see flowers. Even the iron pillar, mm -hmm. which is an the ancient iron pillar, yeah, that's in, the, in that complex. It predates the Qutub Minar, and it has inscriptions suggesting it was erected in honor of the Hindu god Vishnu. Oh, I see. Right? Bear in mind, uh, specifically speaking of the Qutub Minar as well, there is not one single other example. And I went on Google. I tried finding it out. There is not one single other example in the history of Islamic invasions throughout the world, throughout the history, where an invader built a tower to com commemorate their victory. 
Mm. They've built mosques to commemorate their victories, mm-hmm. and they've had minarets within the mosques, which have been tall enough, like towers. But there have there has never been any other instance ever in the world where a minaret has been built to commer- commemorate their a victory. A tower, Qutub Minar, like Qutub Minar, right? So which is extremely tall. It's what three hundred seventy feet. Something it's three hundred seventy-seven like feet or something. Yes, the lo- it's, it's the tallest rock tower in the world. Mm. So. I find it kind of hard to believe that someone who was trying to commemorate their victory ended up doing something which was so unusual for their times, essentially. Mm-hmm. And something that was so impossible for them to do, given the fact they didn't... They were like invaders. Mm-hmm. They were not, uh, you know... They weren't planning on staying. They were not planning on staying. So why would they really build something? Um, because their uh, <coughs> burial grounds or resting places are somewhere in Afghanistan or wherever. So why would they want to build their commemoration of victory? Is this a question that you formulated in your mind, or is it's that something that's still out there? It's a, it's a question that's still out there. Uh-huh. Uh, sim- Similarly, there is uh, also another place called Dhai Din Ka Jhopra. It's in Ajmer. It's a, it's a uh, mosque. And it's another example where a mosque was constructed incorporating elements from a demolished Jain temple. Um, this mosque again was built by Qutb the Nebak in the mm-hmm. 12th century. Mm-hmm. So I think it was kind of uh, common to in those days. Uh, those days we have to realize were very different from the current times. But those days it was very common to demolish the temples and use the proceeds to mm-hmm. build the mosques. I see. I okay. see. Well, let's you want to move on to that second question, the second person's uh, question that he had. Yes. So yeah. I think this is this is very interesting. So obviously. We have talked about the ASI surveys, but let me give you some more details. Once so again, let me give out a number, folks. Who co- you can call in to 281-277-6874. This is the Hey, What's, what's Up? What's Up? <laughs> you also made <laughs> me up? say What's Up. Oh, my God. What's Up? <laughs> hey, What's Up? We want to hear from you. So you can call in 281-277-6874. So this is uh, Kapil Sharma is going to be talking to us about Continuing on with the second question that was raised by a caller. Yes. So the ASI survey, the first ASI survey was conducted by archaeologist B.B. Lyle, who was the director of ASI at the time. And he kind of, uh, at that time, uh, K.K. Mohammed, who later became the director of Archaeological Survey of India, he was kind of a student shadowing uh, Dr. Lal. Uh, when they were conducting this research for archaeology of Ramayana sites, they uh, basically found pillar bases religious symbols, and terracotta idols suggesting the existence of a temple at the Babri Masjid site. Uh, also, they found an inscription from the 12th century mentioning a temple to Lord Rama, which was found on a pillar at that site. Uh, Dr. K.K. Mohammed, who later became the director of ASI, who was at that time a student and part of Dr. Lal's research team, recalls discovering 12 black granite temple pillars inside the mosque adorned with Hindu symbols and s- sculptures. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. B. Bilal, obviously, given the fact he had a big stature at the time, he was initially cautious, but he eventually confirmed the temple's existence when prompted by the historians mm-hmm. uh, more than 10 years later. Um, it's very interesting that uh, Kishore Kunal, uh, he was a person who was appointed as an officer on special duty in 1990 by Prime Minister V.P. Singh. He verified, he went in and verified Dr. Lal's finding about the temple's remnants which were found beneath the Babri Masjid. This was a survey that was done by Dr. B. Bilal in 77. 
that time babri masjid existed mm-hmm. in 2003 when the team when, when was the babri masjid built it was built in 1528 okay and it was uh, deconstructed in 1992 so so almost 500 years well it stood for about yeah 470 odd years uh when it got uh, when the asi came back for a survey in 2003 at that time babri masjid did not exist so they had an opportunity this time not to have to use the ground penetrating radar and things like that they mm-hmm. actually could use the ground penetrating radar anywhere to find abnormalities in the surface and under the surface and they had an ability to actually dig deep in trenches in that entire area because now the structure doesn't exist anymore so mm-hmm. they can dig anywhere they want so under the guidance of uh, archaeologist br mani uh the team conducted excavations uh at the disputed site uh obviously they used ground penetrating radar to detect these abnormalities um they discovered different layers one by one uh the team essentially started with only 14 people they had mm-hmm. to expand to 50 people because there's so much of evidence that they were able to collect mm-hmm. so uh, is this all, all this evidence is collected in a museum of some sort nearby a lot of this evidence was is collected in um places where they are kept uh, safe for forever um all of this information is also kept in was recorded in documents mm-hmm. that were presented to the alabad high court yeah so um, i have a question this was what year you said uh, the second uh, asi survey was in 2003 oh okay so this is when they were, the the babri masjid still existed at no, that time no babri masjid uh, was 1992 it 92, was 92 yes when, okay. when it was okay. deconstructed Okay and then from the findings they were able to extrapolate Absolutely okay. so they got much more evidence this time because the structure didn't exist so they had a freedom to do the trench digging mm-hmm. wherever, wherever they wanted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay and so uh, they basically dug total of 90 trenches 5 mm-hmm. meters by 5 meters squares n- total of 90 trenches and they revealed historical layers dating back to the 17th century BCE The evidence that they collected played a crucial role in court judgment especially Allahabad High Court mm-hmm. and I would be happy to actually quote some things from the Allahabad High Court judgment which was very very interesting mm-hmm. but they were Allahabad High Court was very impressed by the ASI findings but as i mentioned before ASI was not allowed to give opinions right or stories they were only submitting data the evidence yes right okay okay all right so uh at this point what we what we understand is that there was a temple there before it was uh built upon by it was it was ransacked and a a, a masjid was built on top of that i have a question it was a huge kingdom ayodhya was a big kingdom lots of palaces there's that but this was just one temple in that kingdom correct so i mean hindus have been but it was a temple that was what 2.77 This acres? particular um lot is a 2.77 acre lot. Yes. A- and the new temple is also built on a 2.77 acre lot. Yes. yes. So this is just a very small tiny bit of the entire pal- palatial grounds or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. But did they find anything else in that area which led to the belief that there was an Ayodhya kingdom over there? So the Ayodhya kingdom would have been obviously a much bigger kingdom than uh just the 2.77 yeah yeah yeah, land, yeah right right um the expectation is that that place the mm-hmm. 2.77 acre place would have been the location of the palace uh, of the kosala kingdom mm-hmm. kosala kingdom was the kingdom in which uh, raja dashrath was one of the kings who had um lord ram born to him right so right right i think the expectation is that the 2.77 acre land would have been the palace 
in the palace Lord Ram would have been born mm-hmm. and that's the reason why the temple was built in that location mm-hmm. right okay well right. we we're getting a lot of calls but uh, we yeah, and we we're do. certainly getting a lot of inqu- inquisitive people wondering right, about this subject right right so folks we're talking to Kapil Sharma who's uh, done a lot of research into the historical background of this temple and how it came about that it was actually built or d- c- uh, destro- destroyed and rebuilt now almost 500 years later mm-hmm. uh this is Indo-American News unplugged this is the Hey, what's up? <laughs> segment and we'll be back folks after these messages. Welcome to Indo-American News Unplugged. a new way to share your views with jawahar sanchali and pramod looking for fresh homemade spices chandrika masala is the place chandrika masala retail outlet at factory location 13220 morphy road chandrika masala 100% homemade spices attas and chutneys 7137893088 chandrikamasala.com 7137893088 sune haathon ko kitna sundar kar gayi देखो मेरी उंगलियां कैसे सवर गई मुझे आज तक जो कोई कैद नहीं कर सका वो काम ये हीरे की अंगूठी कर गई लेट द लव शाइन फॉर एवर डायमंड एंगेजमेंट रिंग्स बाय महाराजा ज्वेलर्स फाइव एट टू वन हिल क्रॉफ्ट सेवन वन थ्री सेवन एट फोर फाइव सिक्स सेवन थ्री महाराजा ब्रिंगिंग डायमंडी खीरा वो प्यार है जो दिखते थकता नहीं जो हर कसौटी पर खरा उतरता है खीरा वो है जो बनता है हर चेहरे की मुस्कुराहट जो रहे हमेशा आपके साथ आपका और महाराजा जूलर्स का सालों साल का रिश्ता एक हीरा है महाराजा जूलर्स फाइव एट टू वन हिल क्रॉफ्ट सेवन वन थ्री सेवन एट फोर फाइव सिक्स सेवन थ्री महाराजा ब्रिंगिंग डायमंड टू लाइफ राजा और महाराजा में फर्क क्या है महाराजा वो है जो कभी किसी के आगे झुकता नहीं एंड महाराजा ज्वेलर्स इज दरेंडर्स ऑन क्वालिटी एट महाराजा ज्वेलर्स यू विल फाइंड द मोस्ट अनकॉम्प्रोमाइज फ्लॉलेस डायमंडोर्डेबल प्राइसेज एवरी डे नो सेल नीडेड एवर महाराजा ज्वेलर्स ब्रिंगिंग डायमंड crime politics finances climate change ah sometimes it gets to be a bit too much that indo-american news unplugged we bring voice to your feelings call in to talk share or disagree with sanjali and jawahar and listen to jyoti playing songs based on indian classical music with pramod and sudhir so call indo-american news unplugged kick back and listen up folks it'll make you feel better every saturday listen to masala radio 3 to 6 pm indo-american news Thank you.
Hello, everybody. This is Indo-American News Unplugged, and we are talking to Kapil Sharma, or with Kapil Sharma. He's educating us, really, more than talking to us. And we're learning a lot more about the um, the, his, the history behind the Ayodhya Temple, or the or the rebuilding of the Ayodhya Temple. And uh, this is a new segment of our Indo-American News Unplugged session absolutely. that we just started, and we are naming it. Hey, what's up? So we would like to hear from you because these are controversial issues, provocative issues that we will be, you know, addressing and tackling. And we have an expert, um, you know subject matter expert in this area who is none other than Kapil Sharma and right before we went to the break he was telling us about the history the archaeological facts that was submitted and how those results were you know extrapolated and that's what led to the building of the Ayodhya Ram temple so carry on please Kapil. and by the way I just quickly want to add that we are going to talk about the uh, or he's going to talk about the Muslim perspective because you know everyone of course is wondering uh, when is that? That's the gorilla in the room that we need to talk. Right, we, it's we need to one-sided or yeah. whatever. Right. So yeah, yeah. go yeah. ahead. I don't want this conversation to be completely one-sided. So if someone uh, who's a Muslim audience he wants to call in, I will be happy to take the call. Yeah. But I have had conversation with some of Muslim friends to understand their perspective too. Yeah. And the number to call is two eight one two seven seven six eight seven four. And Mr. Daniel called thank in. Thank you. And yeah, he thank spoke you, Daniel, you. for calling. He wanted to talk to the and speaker. And he wanted so to make sure that we brought in the, the Muslim perspective, which couple was going to do anyway. I was going to do it anyway. So uh, before we go to the Muslim perspective, I just want to make one additional thing clear. Eventually, when in 2019 the Supreme Court verdict came through, the Supreme Court verdict was obviously uh, based off of the Archaeological Survey of India findings. It was also based off of uh, the description uh, of the Ram Temple and the fact that uh, the Supreme Court agreed that there was a Ram Temple uh, that existed before the Babri Masjid existed. I think the only gap in that argument was that there was no proof that there was a Ram Temple that was demolished mm -hmm. to cr create the uh, the Babri Masjid. Mm -hmm. So if the, the proof would have been the Ram Temple was demolished to create the Ram Temple, things would have been far easier to go on to the Hindu side. And so since there was a proof that there was a temple that existed in the 12th century, but we did not know if the temple was intentionally demolished, I think uh, the Supreme Court basically felt that there was a gap here. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what? So Supreme Court, in deciding the case, kind of relied on what essentially is called the tenancy rights. Mm -hmm. Which side had a greater claim uh, to the Malikana Haq, as they call it, mm -hmm. uh, claim to the land mm -hmm. uh, in uh, 2019. And so for a long, for, uh, like, so a lot of different proofs basically got into a lot of, uh, got a lot of uh, visibility to uh, set that claim mm -hmm. um, one way or the other. So for example, there was a description that came from an Aus Austrian Jesuit, Jesuit priest, Joseph Tiffenthaler, who's written accounts in his book, uh, Descripto India, that is a description of India. Mm -hmm. um, he stayed in Awadh between 1760, 1766 and 1771, and had lived in India for over two decades. He was very well versed with both Persian and Sanskrit. He visited Ayodhya and he described that um, Avad, um, he basically said Avad, which is called Ayodhya by the learned Hindus, is the city of high, highest antiquity. On the 24th of the month in the Chatra, a large concourse of people celebrate here the birthday of Rama, so famous throughout India. So descriptions like these were used to establish the fact that even though the that place had been converted from a Hindu temple to a Muslim mosque, 
that place was being visited and celebrated and used by the Hindus to celebrate Lord Rama's, uh, you know, Navratri and as a holy site. As a holy site, right? Uh, similarly, around 1600, Akbar gave six bigas of land to Hanumantila. Hanumantila is a location which is right next to that location. The grant came up for renewal about 100 years later, which is about 1780. The official of the court that basically got the permission from the king at the time mm -hmm. renewed the grant and basically when he signed the paperwork for renewal of the grant he signed the paperwork and the look and the location was listed as Janmasthan mm. right so that was a Muslim official of the court in 1858 Nihang Sikhs 25 Nihang Sikhs uh, they occupied the structure mm -hmm. someone lodged a complaint with the Thanedar of Awad mm -hmm. uh, and for this incursion um, Th that person he called himself the Mutawali of Mutawali is the the superintendent he's the one who maintains the mosque mm -hmm. right and he uh, signed himself as the Mutawali of Masjid e Janamstan mm. so I think some of these kind of you know uh, evidences were presented for example so uh, the place was known as Janamstan correct the place was known as Janamstan all along Janamstan meaning the place of the birth the place of birth in the records from 1861, when the whole place had come into full control of the British, uh, based on the survey conducted by the British, the Babri Masjid is not named there. Mm. The only place that is named there in those records in 1861 is called Janstan. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. In 1944, the British government in the United Provinces, which is what the Uttar Pradesh was called at the time, mm -hmm. asked all the mosques in the province to be listed and accounted. The Babri Masjid was listed there too, but the Waqf board, a section of that Babri Masjid was actually left blank, mm. which basically means if there is no waqf board, which means no organization to pay the mutawali and pay the muazzin, which means there is no occupation. Mm. And if there is no occupation, according to Allahabad High Court, that was one of the most biggest fatal flaw in the argument of the Muslim side, especially since the judgment was eventually made on the basis of the claim to title, mm -hmm. not completely based on archaeology. Mm. So these were some of the arguments that we could make over the last few hundred years where we say that the site was being used by Hindus was actually called the Janmasthan, the Waqf board entry wasn't there and regular prayers were not being conducted. So the title claim came to the Hindu side because of the fact that they were... Yes, I see, I see. Okay, okay. And th so there was a lot of uh, historical digging around to, to get all this information. Absolutely. And so lots of people were involved in the process uh, again this related to th not just this particular 2.77 acre site yes it related to the the larger site as a whole because Correct. you can't hold a huge procession with thousands of people in 2.77 acres yes right don't you agree absolutely agree okay okay well folks you're listening to Kapil Sharma our subject matter expert who's talking about the uh, Ayodhya uh, temple uh, situation, the the controversy that led up to the uh, the de demolition of the Babri uh, Masjid and then onwards. Now you were going to touch on some the Muslim perspective, uh, uh, exactly. And by the way, this is two eight one two seven seven six eight seven four. If you want to call in, so go ahead. So uh, on the Muslim perspective, I've talked to some of my friends and I've basically asked them what exactly are the rules based on the Islamic jurisprudence about which place a mosque should be built at. Mm -hmm. And what I've been told is that uh, Islam is very clear. A mosque cannot and should not. It's prohibited to build a mosque on a place that has not been properly paid for and purchased or and has not been forced. 
So if a mosque is uh, built on a place which is either forcibly acquired or uh, has not been paid for, mm-hmm. it's prohibited in Islam. Um, so I think uh, the other question that I have kind of asked the Islamic um, not scholars community, basically yeah. more, more more community, is um, is there a particular value to the location of where the mosque is, where the people uh, offer the prayers? And I have been kind of influenced by the fact that I've seen, for example, the people belonging to the Muslim community even offering prayers in the plane, mm-hmm. right? Uh, obviously, Islam basically gives you certain guidance that if you are going to be traveling from point A to point B, you can actually offer prayer before leaving. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to offer prayers uh, during the travel. Um, but the fact that you are offering prayers in the plane basically means that the location itself is is inconsequential. Where you're facing, you have to face Makkah while mm-hmm. you're praying yeah, right. is, yeah. the, is the most critical element of that. And so it feels to me that the location of the mosque is less important from a Muslim perspective. And if, for example, all the archaeological evidences point to the fact that this was uh, on land that was uh, acquired forcibly by breaking another religious structure of another uh, another uh, religion, mm-hmm. this would be something that is not uh, allowed mm-hmm. in in. Uh, Islamic jurisprudence. I see, I see. So uh, they needed to have free and clear title. Yes, they need to have a free and clear title. That's uh, the guidance. In That's the number one priority. Correct. And it should be a clean place. The place should be clean. I, I think it should... Uh, cl- clean title, you should pay for the mosque with your own money, and the mosque should be clean. That's And the, you should face Makkah uh, while, while you're offering the prayers. Those are the key requirements of mm-hmm. having a mosque. I see. But at the end of the day, we have to also understand... Uh, that this issue is as much about truth and facts and justice as it is also about emotions. Mm-hmm. And emotions at uh, uh, a lot of times are actually very disconnected from facts. Right. You right. can give me all the facts in the world, but if I don't want to, if I'm emotional, mm-hmm. I would actually be fo- I'm following my emotional um, state of mind rather than listening right, to the right, facts. Right. So I think it's, it's a matter, I think media and politicians they have kind of used this issue. Um, I think it just gets them more clicks. Mm-hmm. The media it gets more clicks, more eyeballs um, to the media. So media have basically fanned the flames in this issue for far too long. Mm-hmm. And I think the politicians have used the two sides and they've fanned the communal flames and not pre- not allowed the two parties to come together, have a reasonable conversation. Well, the furor that, that led up to the uh, eventual attack on the 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 masjid at that point and then the dismantling brick by brick by uh, thousands of people yes by hand by hand was uh, at that point it was in incon- uh, it was Im- impossible to tame all that furor it was absolutely impossible to tame all of that and i think uh, i think the blame there's plenty of blame to go around mm-hmm. definitely plenty of blame to go around i think everyone should have cooler heads prevail and understand that uh, a negotiated settlement is always preferred to something that fans communal flames for decades to mm-hmm, come. It's mm-hmm. just the right approach to do. And I think eventually we have seen how courts can intervene and lead to a settlement. Correct. I think uh, the one lesson that we should learn is learn from history, be less emotional, be more practical let the court settle if you cannot settle it based on your own emotions. Correct. Well, thank you so much, Kapil. Kapil Sharma was a subject matter expert on the Yodhya the, uh, 
uh, temple, uh, the whole situation about the whole controversy about the the temple actually being where it is, being located where it is, and being built where it is. But uh, uh, you brought us up to date on all south, uh, all angles, not only the Tennessee, uh, the the rights to the land, but also the archaeological digs, as well as the m the Muslim perspective. And uh, you know, uh, hopefully, people uh, have been listening to us very carefully and and understanding that this is a a free conversation that we're going to have every three weeks. Yes. At least we're going to give it a shot, right, yes, Sanjali? Yes, yes, absolutely. Because you know, uh, such chat uh, you know programs they generate interest because it depends. You know, different people are interested in different topics. Correct. You know? So if we can bring different kinds of topics, you know, to talk about, I think it will generate more interest, right. more curiosity in people's minds. And hopefully we are educating, you know. Correct. So that is the whole purpose of this show, to educate our listeners on these controversial topics because a lot of us want to know and we don't know the history behind these things. Right. Especially now living in the U.S., many people have lost touch with what's going on back home. You know, and then suddenly all these things are uh, arise and, you know, there's a right. lot of talk about it and we don't really know, you know, the entire well, well, history. Well, we purposely chose this particular topic because it's on the forefront of everyone's mind right correct, now. Correct, correct. We could have easily talked about the Republican issues that are going on or in the Ken state Paxton, of Texas. right? <laughs> or the judgment against Donald Trump of $350 million. Dollars. $95 million, something like that. We, could, yeah. we, could, we will touch all on these topics, and hopefully we'll have more people than just Mr. Daniel calling in. Daniel is calling in again. Mr. Daniel, we are almost at the end of this hour, so we will have to take your call later. But, because but we a challenge to Mr. Daniel is you come over here to the studio and you you choose a topic and we'll talk about it. Yes, and you will have an entire hour to you, talk about And you you will have issues. to field all the conversation <laughs> questions and everything, Mr. Daniel. So, so we would love to hear from you in person. Please do come on our show and talk about whatever topic you'd love to talk about. So, folks, we are almost at the end of our first I hour of the Unplugged session. And I hope that everyone enjoyed the session. I mean, a couple did a lot of homework. Yeah. And he spent hours and hours and hours all night long he was doing this research. Yeah, and we really appreciate that. And we are very fortunate that he will stay with us. Uh, as a as our guest host, right? He's going to be staying on in the next segment as a guest host because right. Pramod's not here and Sridhar is off on in Dallas or someplace like that. Okay, all right. So, so folks, don't go away. We will be back after these messages from our sponsors. Hopefully, you can be one of our sponsors. Uh, Mr. Daniel, would you like to sponsor us? <laughs> now he's not calling us because <laughs> he's going to be here in three weeks time we're going to have Mr. Daniel talking about right right whatever topic you know he's uh, interested to talk about so we would love to hear from you he, he's a very loyal, loyal listener. listener and we, are, we appreciate you listening to us all the time and he makes sure that we stay on the straight and narrow yes so folks if you enjoyed what you heard today you can call us at 281-277-6874 and we will be back with uh, more about uh, the with our main segment of the program of right. Indo American News. And we have some very exciting, you know, um, guests today with us who will be joining us. Some of them in the studio, some in uh, right. The They'll be Dr. Brandeep Saneja, who yeah. is a cardiologist, and then uh, Shabuna Roy Choudhury, who is an author, local author. And then we'll also have Manu Puparaya Rai, who is uh, running for a constable position. 
Um, so we are, we are really excited to have them all on our show. And folks, uh, don't go away. Please stay tuned. We will be back after the commercial messages. You are listening to Indo-American News Radio. And thank you once again, Kapil. Thank you for having me. Really okay. appreciate it. All and right. You're staying on, so don't leave. <laughs> You're listening to Masala Radio, 107.5 KGLK, HD4, Lake Jackson, and 98.7 FM, K254BZ, Fairbanks. Masala. Indo-American News Radio. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m.